Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Soccer Matters. This is Soccer Matters on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Brought to you by the Daspin Law Firm, DaspinLaw.com. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. All right, welcome back to Soccer Matters on ESPN 97.5. Uh, just a quick word here for the place I get my vinyl. It's Cactus Music. Uh, it's one of the best spots in town. You go in there, you talk to Quinn. Uh, if you're interested in collecting vinyl uh, and that's your thing, it is such a cool place to hang out. It's Cactus Music. And as always, we appreciate their support of the show and gives us an opportunity to bring on Dynamo Defender. He is Griffin Dorsey. Griffin, thanks for coming on tonight. Yep, thanks for having me. All right, you had a couple days off. Dramatic, emotional series, very tight against Real Salt Lake. Just give us an update now that you're back in training, you know, kind of how, where you and the guys are and where you are mentally here ahead of Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, I think it was a, uh, it was a really big result for us. It was a really big result from the, for the club. And I think that stepping away for a couple days after the emotional ending that that series had was definitely needed. Um, but I feel a sense of rejuvenation within the group um, after those days and, and, and really understanding that, you know, we got three more games to go. Griffin Dorsey joining us, uh, Dynamo right back. The fifth penalty. Maybe, you know, I've seen some things out there about it and you taking it. Can you just kind of take us through that again? And, and then stepping up there and, and, you know, this is an iconic moment for the club and you as a player. Yeah. You know, I think that a lot of things had to go the way they went for the penalty to be such a memorable one for myself and for the club. Um, you know, you look at the guys that made big plays like Steve Clark before, before the penalty kick and, uh, you know, guys who went through it and made the penalties and, and were the, the, the group that was supporting us on the field, off the field and everything. Um, and I think going into the situation of it being a, a game-winning PK was, was something that was special. And uh, I, I think when I saw it hit the back of the net, um, it, it gives me chills to think about stuff. Yeah, it was fantastic celebration, fantastic moment. Uh, he is Griffin Dorsey joining us uh, here tonight. All right, tell me the difference between the playoffs now. Is it more elevated? Is there less time on the ball? Is there less opportunity for you to get forward? Is there a difference in what was going on prior during the regular season to now? Is there an extra yard now that people are tighter on you? Can, can you feel that change in the playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be naive to say that uh, that the playoffs aren't different. There's something different, and it's a feeling. It's a, um, it's an amplitude during the game. It's it's the fans. There's there's just a there's a difference in the way that the games are played, um, and you can 100% feel it. And I, I would say that a lot of the things you said are, are things that that can be felt on the field. Um, you know, maybe less time on the ball, maybe less space. Um, there's a real heightened emotion to every single play. Um, and I think in the regular season, you see that, but it takes a huge step when it comes to playoff time. 
The mindset now to go from a three-game series to single elimination. This is a bit tricky because I'm just sitting here thinking if you come out in the first 20, 20 minutes, any team at this point now in a single-game elimination, which essentially you were in against Real Salt Lake, I guess, in game three. But uh, that first 20 minutes, I mean, you know, your fate can be handed to you or or grabbed. You know, I think what's special about this team is we've had a plethora of elimination games played this year, whether it's Leagues Cup, whether it's Open Cup, um, or playoffs this year. And I believe as a team, we have a firm understanding of the significance of that. And I don't think that for us, it changes much at all. You're pretty hardened on it. You haven't lost in uh, any of these uh, single elimination sort of final games. You've advanced on penalty kicks. Did you ever think in six matches against Real Salt Lake you wouldn't lose a game? That's a lot of games against that. That's kind of like back when I played in the 80s and you played each team because <coughs> it was only six teams. Um, <laughs> that's a lot of games against one team. Yeah, that is a lot of games. I didn't even – I. I knew it was six, but uh, when you sit and you, you actually contemplate the fact that it was six, it's, yeah, it's kind of astounding. Did, did, uh, let me just move it to this and Sporting Kansas City. You may not have been here for some of the early sporting stuff, but do you feel that rivalry was Sporting Kansas City here? Do you feel that from others, fans, players? Uh, former players, do you, do you feel that? Because I think most people believe the real rival of the Houston Dynamo is not FC Dallas, but it's Sporting Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, I would say that <laughs> at this point, especially uh, with Sporting Kansas City being our next opponent, with a game as significant as this, any team we matched up against, it would feel like our biggest rivals coming in, coming into Houston and playing at our home um, for the opportunity to go to the conference final. I mean, that's, that's going to be a rivalry game, whether it's a rival or not. In my opinion. That's about as good an answer you could give. I think that was a great answer. I like that. Uh, we're talking to Griffin Dorsey, Dynamo defender, outstanding season. Things took off uh, from the right back position. So, look, in the offseason, anybody who's being truthful is saying, okay, Franco Escobar is being brought in to be the right back. You emerge. You bring width. Franco goes to the left side. And as much as we laud you for what you've done, it's been exceptional. I also made the point the other day that this is not easy for somebody that's predominantly right-footed to play the left-back position. And I know you've done that, too. Take us into that because Franco – from that position has to play it a little bit differently. And that's not an easy thing to do. And, and I'm not sure everybody understands that. You know, I don't know if we've ever had a conversation about Franco, um, but anybody I talk to, I have the utmost respect for Franco um, as a player. Um, you know, even going into this last game, I mean, he's an absolute warrior. He's someone you want on your team. He's somebody who, when it comes to game time, he's going to give you everything that he's got. And I think Houston has seen that time and time again this year. And I think when you look at him as a, as a left back and being able to make that transition as seamlessly as he did, playing the position he does on a side he's not maybe 100% um, normalized to, you know, it's pretty special. And it's something that, even as, as myself, I watched that and, and his ability to be, um, what would be the word, flexible in his positioning and flexible in the way that he plays is, is something super special and something that I've even learned from this year. It's two great outside backs, Franco Escobar and Griffin Dorsey. Griffin Dorsey joining us tonight on Soccer Matters ESPN 97.5, presented by the Daspit Law Firm. All right, so it's a pretty obvious one, but one of the big talking points ahead of this game, Logan and Dembe, who's been on fire in the playoffs for Sporting Kansas City, two goals. Uh, I'm pretty sure you played against him back in September, right? 
uh, on the 23rd. Um, this is a guy that was playing very well for them, did his ACL, actually played 44 minutes on a torn ACL. Looking here from the outside, the likelihood is we're, we're hearing Tim Leibold, who's played in Germany. I mean, Graham Zussi's an outside back. Not knowing who's going to be there. We do know Ndembe is going to be there. Is this a case where you're looking at some of these other outside backs and the way they play the game? Will you study that player before everything happens in this upcoming game? Because this is a matchup. Um, and it's, 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 to me, it's a big talking point. Yeah, I mean, I think that you go into any game and you have players that you've, you've, you've pointed out as, uh, as your game within the game competition. You study film and, you know, having a, a bit of a question mark on, on who that player is going to be is just widens the range of players to look at and players to watch. But when it comes to our support staff and our, and our coaching staff, they give us all the resources we need to make sure we're, we're up to speed and, the, and, and, and understanding to, our, to the best of our knowledge what our opponent's going to look like. And you'll also probably be in a lot of duels with Daniel Shalloway, Gotti Kinda. This is, this is a team that has a lot of firepower. And much like the Dynamo, do you see similarities of the two teams coming in in, in, in in good ways? I mean, obviously, the Dynamo, after the League's Cup, begin to take off. These guys, three points in the first 10 games of the year, you probably were thinking they're never going to make the playoffs, and they do. So there are, in some ways, some similarities, right, between the two? Yeah, for sure. And, and I would even look at just, you know, there's a bit of a blue collar sense that I get to, to Houston. And there's also that a bit of that when it comes to sporting Kansas city. I mean, if you don't have a blue collar mentality and, you know, let's just, let's work through this. Um, you get three points in 10 games at the beginning of the year. And yeah, you hundred percent count them out. So I would say there are definitely similarities on that front as well. All right. So Pablo Mastroeni in the last series, he had a quote. He said, you live and die by your best players. How do you feel about that quote? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. I would say that it's, it's a team sport and a hundred percent you need your best players. And, you know, you look at us this year and you look at, you know, the way Hector has been, and how significant that is for us. You look at, you know, Coco Kedeskia, Artur, um, and you go, these are these Corey Bird. I mean, these are guys that are, are really special players. They're doing really special things. But I think, you know, without the, without the whole team, that, that success would never happen. Um, but I, I do believe that, that their, their ability to succeed is very huge for a team. Big players. Griffin Dorsey joining us. Here's the last one before we go. All right. So, you know, as we do radio here tonight in Houston on a Thursday night, the U.S. national team is playing Trinidad and Tobago uh, in Austin, a little over 100 miles away. Uh, well, more than a little over 100 miles away. I see guys on the roster like Dewan Jones. I see Reed Baker Whiting, outside backs. I could easily see Griffin Dorsey's name on there. Is there any thought in your mind about that? And you just had a great quote the other day about possibility, right? Uh, what was it again? Can you repeat it? Do you remember it? I don't, I don't it was know. a good one, but it was about possibility and dreams and, and, and I just, why not, I why? on the basis of believing, but yeah. 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 Belief, possibility, dreams, why isn't Griffin Dorsey dreaming about the national team, or is he? Oh, Griffin Dorsey's been dreaming about the national team since he was a child. I've been through the youth system. Um, it's something that I have on my mind every day when I wake up. And uh, it's 100% a dream of mine. It's a focus of mine, and it is something that um, I will continue to push to uh, fulfill. So who's having more fun at this stage of the year? You or Amin Bossy? 
Oh, mean boss. No one has more fun than a mean boss. <laughs> <laughs> is that guy never not smiling? I mean, uh, he is the most, he is the, ha- he is one of the, maybe other than teenage, one of the happiest human beings I've ever played soccer with. It's a, it's so fun it's to be best, around people like that, isn't it? It's a testament to him. It is, uh, it's contagious and the whole team can feel it. And it's absolutely special. Griffin, special season for you. Keep it going. Thank you very much, as always, for coming on. Every time I request you come on the program, and I appreciate that, and everybody for for helping make this interview possible. So thank you very much. Best of luck. Uh, get it done against Sporting Kansas City, and then uh, let's keep let's keep doing radio here. You're a good luck charm here. Heck yeah! Thank you so much, Glenn. All right, that's Griffin Dorsey, Dynamo defender. He's been absolutely outstanding. <laughs> In my humble opinion, a big piece why this team has changed directions uh, after and in and around the League's Cup. We'll take a break here. A reminder, uh, Soccer Matters t-shirts and hat, LamontBrands.com. That's LamontBrands.com. All the proceeds to the 501C charity, the, the Snowdrop Foundation. This is Soccer Matters on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. All right, welcome back to Soccer Matters on ESPN 97.5. As always, presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. The great rivals of the Houston Dynamo, Sporting Kansas City. Single elimination. Doesn't get better than this in Major League Soccer. He's been a great guest on this show uh, over the years. He is the head coach of Sporting Kansas City. By the way, the longest tenured coach in Major League Soccer with four trophies. He's Peter Vermees. Peter, thank you very much, as always, for uh, being generous with your time and coming on. My pleasure, Glenn. Okay, so the first thing I want to get to is, you know, everybody's going, holy smoke, Sporting Kansas City hasn't won a game in the first 10. Just take us into that time period. You as a coach, what you're thinking. Is there any doubts? Are you building your players up? All the things that go through a coach and a staff during a period like that. I think you never think you're going to be in that situation. Um, But you also realize that, you know, if, if you're only coaching the team in the good times, then anybody could do the job. You're actually brought in for the difficult times. And so it was, it was a difficult time. But what I would say is, I'm not going to say that I was, I didn't expect to not win a game in the first 10, but I would say I didn't expect us to be on fire in the first 10 because I still knew the, the situation that we're in from the previous year. Um, and as you know, with, with this league and the mechanisms that you can, uh, to use to, to build your roster at times, they can be very limited. And so we were in this place of having to be patient to wait for those guys to come back. Um, but again, not, not thinking that you're not going to win a game in the first 10. Yeah. And of course you, you had all these, these injuries in a period like that, when you are missing people, I mean, what can you learn? Can you learn that there's a player maybe that you can give more responsibility to some things like that? I think, I think it's always the same, right? When you build a roster, you you already know that there's a group of guys that you expect to give the majority of minutes to. Then there's this next group you think, hey, they're gonna they're gonna offload some of those minutes, you know, U.S. Open Cup and other things that you do. And then you have the final piece. You're bringing up this other group that's young, and you're trying to get them to get into that you know second bucket, and then hopefully into the first bucket at some point. And what what happens though is that gets accelerated really quickly because now when you got a bunch of guys out. You got to go to the second group and you got to say, you're going to take on majority of minutes. And then you're going to that other group and you're saying, Hey, you guys are going to start getting some real time. And you, and, and I would say that you find out some really good things and you find out some bad things you find out, but I would say all of it is good. Cause at the end of the day, you're either finding out the guy can do it or he can't do it. You're just accelerating the timeline. And, uh, but I also think that experience is also good for later on in the season because those guys normally wouldn't get minutes. And if you now, put them in your team later on, you actually can play. And we've had to do that quite a bit uh, throughout the season. Peter Vermees joining us, head coach of Sporting Kansas City. Uh, you got incredible loyalty and a great staff. Kerry Zavagnin, who you played with, was an excellent player in his career. Zoran Savage, same thing. Tell me about that relationship, because it's not often you see, you know, assistant coaches 
and a, and a team like this staying together for this duration of time? You know, when we when we took on, I think it was 2009, we took on the last 10 games of the season um, because we removed the coach at the time. And I had, I came in and I took over the last 10 games. And Kerry was already on the staff. Uh, it, that was his first year, though. And Z was, Zorn was, you know, here in, 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 in town. He had just come back from coaching with Preki at Chivas, USA, at the time. And Z didn't want to be in California anymore. He's away from his family the whole time. And so I knew Z, but I didn't know him, you know, really, really well, but I knew him. And so I, I went to both of them and I said, hey, listen, I'm going to, you know, take on these last 10 games. You guys, you know, you guys want to, you know, help me out here at the end of the season. So they did. At the end of the season, when I made the decision that I was going to continue to keep doing it, I went to them and I said, look, um, a big decision for me to do this is if you guys are going to also be in because I, I like the the camaraderie. I like I like the back and forth, very open conversations. We argue, you know, they they have their say. You know, we do all that. So a lot of there's a lot. Of, I think there's a lot of clubs that don't do that, right? They're they're not honest. Uh, coach is more like a dictator to the rest of the staff and just says, "This is what we're doing. This is where we're going to do it." But I have a good relationship with those guys. Uh, we we work well together, and and I think you know, I think it's like anything. But I but you know, as a player as well, as a player, you're always trying to find a home. Well, I think as a staff, you're trying to do the same, and, I, and, and that's what we found here. Peter Vermees joining us, Sporting Kansas City, ahead of a great setup for a single elimination playoff match in Major League Soccer. They'll visit Houston. I don't see you as the type of guy that want yes men. I mean, I see you as the type of guy as a manager that wants people that can enhance what you're doing. Um, just take me into maybe – you know, what, what does Kerry bring that's different from Zorin? And I just am fascinated by the relationship and, and the putting together of a coaching staff. Well, the interesting thing for me with those guys is that I would say that both of them are actually, I mean, there's a lot of things they agree on about the game, but then there's also, there's also an aspect of the game that they are on opposite sides of where I'm the guy in the middle, which is usually they're accommodating me, right, in, in, in the hierarchy of it all. But it's actually the other way around. Is that I have a little bit of the extreme on both, and so I get to, and, and I'm probably a little bit more in the middle of all of it. And so it winds up being, you know, again, very good conversation. Believe me, there's times where we have some knockdown, drag out, you know, arguments in our what I call our 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 uh, you know our our preparation room, if you will. So we call it our war room. Um, and it does. It sometimes it's battles in there, but the good thing about it is, is that nobody ever gets their feelings hurt. And when we walk out that door, we're all on the same page. And th- and that part has been very consistent. And I think that's what you need in a staff. He's Peter Ramis joining us ahead of uh, the playoffs. All right. So you go from a three game set where you knock off St. Louis. I mean, you you really put it to them in St. Louis. That was after winning on penalties against San Jose. So where are you guys now, confidence-wise? You haven't lost in five. I mean, you're hitting this at the right time, right? Yeah, I would, I would say a couple things. Um, we Emotionally, we went through it, right? From the beginning of the season, even all through the, the last probably 10 games of the season, and then into the playoffs. So getting this little break has been a help. Um, obviously the the two game or three game series with with uh St. Louis was a battle. I mean those games were fast and furious and high intensity. Probably some of the most intense games that I've been a part of in this league. Um really, really intense games. Uh and and the players also the level of concentration and execution was tremendous. What where we are now is is that we're in this place of whatever we got to do is we got to do it on the road and you know how hard it is to win on the road in this league. Um, just look at just look at all the teams that went through. Every single team was a higher seed except for us. Um, so we know that we have our work cut out for us, and we know that you know going into Houston, um, it's always a difficult place. They are they are a. I think they're a really. Uh, they're just a tough team 
in the way that they go about their business. They play every role of the ball. They defend really well. Uh, they have they have very good ideas on the ball. And I think Herrera is such a big part of all of that. He kind of controls the game. He's he's really he really uses his experience to sort of set the table for the group. And so um we know that it's a huge challenge for us to go there. Um they're in a really good time and a really good moment. Um and we're walking in the lion's den, but we, we got to get prepared for that. And hopefully over the next couple of weeks we can do that. You know, just sticking to Hector Herrera because it's been such a joy to watch him play the game down here and, and the influence that he has on all the aspects, all the lines of the team. Do you see anybody else in the league? And maybe this is a bit of a loaded question, but do you see anybody else in the league that has that entire type of influence over a team? And I say that partially because he ends up in all these different areas of the team. So it's natural that you say, okay, yeah, he's influencing, you know, he's coming back to pick the ball up. He's tackling in his own box. It's yeah. pretty impressive. I, he he is. I, I think, um, I, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd have to really sit back and think, which tells you there's not a lot of guys that do what he does. He does have a significant control um, on the group and, and, he does it in a very uh, humble way. You can tell. Um, so from a player point of view, I have an incredible amount of respect watching him and seeing what he's done. Um, but he's, as I think you use a great word. He has a great influence on the rest of the group. Peter Vermees joining us. All right. So I'm going to take you into your striker, Alan Polito. You got him healthy. Finally, uh, you were a striker in your early days before becoming a center back and, and, and playing so well at that position as well. Take us a little bit into his intricacies and and why this man is such a good striker, in your opinion. So you remember the player. You remember Jaime Moreno at D.C.? Of course. Okay. I always say that uh, Alan has like a very similar intellect, IQ for the game. Jaime could, you know, Jaime is an attacking player. He could play if he needed it, needed, if the team needed him in a game. But nobody needed to tell him. He could do it himself. If he needed to go wide and provide service, he could do that. If he needed to be the underneath forward, he could do that. If he needed to be the, the target guy, he could do that. If he needed to go back and be a number 10, he could do it. And he always was able instinctively to figure out what the game needed and then add to it. Allen has this, like, like I'll give you an example. We played in uh, St. Louis for the first game in the playoffs here. When you look at him and how he was in between two, three, four guys receiving a ball, keeping it, and then being able to find combination play out of those two, three, four guys around him, there's not a lot of players that can do that. And so, you know, if you if you rewind the tape and you say, okay, each time that he was in those areas, that if he would have lost those balls, what how are you then as a team? Well, that means that they're going at you. And what it did was it gave us relief. He can make a final pass. Like he's had, I can't tell you how many assists he's had in the last, you know, three games in the playoffs. But it's because he can he can change his mode to fit the circumstance. Um, the other thing is, is that he's not, as you know, when a lot of foreign players come in and they're, they're DPs and they're big guys, I mean, what comes with it is a huge ego. He is an incredibly humble guy within and around the team. And I think that sets itself up for a good relationship with the rest of his teammates because they see that he works hard, but he's also humble. Um, and he'll do whatever he needs to do for the team. And he wants to win. Like, he wants to be on the field. He's not one of those guys like, oh, coach, take me out. Like, he, he wants to be out there. So all those things, I think, you know, at the end, what they do is they 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 propel him into a position where everybody looks up to him, and rightfully so. I would think that's very attractive to you coming from the era that we've come from that where humility was accelerated as a strength. Um, and, you know, I see the same thing with, with Herrera, like the little things that he does with younger players. You know, there's one game he could have scored and he set up a guy who hadn't scored. It was a younger guy. I mean, just remarkable stuff by these guys. So Pablo Mastroeni said in the last series here in Houston, he said, you live and die by your best players. Do you agree with that?
Kind of a tough one. I, I think I think I think you I think when you get to these moments, you expect your your best players to to be there. I think what you're looking to do is you're you're looking to at times get some guys to overachieve that are I'm not talking about your best players, some of the other guys. They have to they have to have, you know, games. They have to have real games. They have to they have to bring it uh in in these opportunities. And 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 the other is is that I think what you also and I would take it away from players and just say across the board at these in these types of games, concentration over the 90 minutes is everything. Yeah. Down here, Peter, I think everybody thinks uh, over the years with the great games of sport in Kansas City, my sense is that everybody believes this is the greatest Houston Dynamo rival. It's surpassed FC Dallas because of the nature of some of the games, the history, the volume of games, the changing of conferences. Is that something you feel too? I think uh, if you go back, you go to 11, 12, 13, our, our biggest hurdle, you know, uh, I could relate it this way. Like we were the, you know, and you know, please take it all with due respect. Like we, it was like the Chicago Bulls trying to get over the Detroit, uh, the Detroit uh, team, right? The Pistons. Yeah. Like they couldn't do it, you know, and, and we had that same issue. And then we finally did it. And that was kind of like, all right, now we're, now let's go. And so I, I think those teams helped mature us. I think those teams uh, made us ready to, to eventually win because of the, the toughness of the games that we went through. It's the same thing I would say about the, you know, what, what people don't take into consideration. When we didn't win those first 10 games, from that point forward, once we won, which was the game against Seattle in Seattle, every game was a pressure cooker for us because we needed to gain as many points as we possibly could for the rest of the season to try to get ourselves into the playoffs. So when you, our whole objective, my whole objective at that point was, I told the guys, we have to get to Leagues Cup and keep ourselves in striking distance of the playoffs. So once Leagues Cup is over and we make that final push, we got to be in a place where we can actually get into the playoffs. You got to understand, like those games at the very end, I mean, every one of them was a final for us. And so we had to use a lot of guys as well. And a lot of guys have gotten good experience at games that meant something, which was good for our team. I mean, you were walking away from draws on the road, which you might have said, hey, this is a good result going, oh, my God, we didn't take three points, right? Correct. Correct. It, 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 it was and, – and imagine also managing the psyche of the team in those situations because that's where it really was. But I, that's where I give the guys a lot of credit. They stayed committed. They came to training every day. They worked. They, they, knew, they knew we were on a mission, um, and I commend them for, for, for being able to get to where, we, where, where we're at. Peter Vermees, head coach of Sporting Kansas City, longest tenured coach in Major League Soccer. How much of that did you have to do? You know, how much building up of guys? I mean, you know, I guess the general rule is when you're not doing well, you're building people up. When you're doing well, that's when you can push them and hit them more. I mean, how much of working with people one-on-one, discussions, how much of that do you do? Because I don't think the general public realizes. Uh, I had to do way too much. Yeah. It, 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 it was a lot. It was a lot. I mean, it was, it was individual. It was team constantly keeping the team, you know, focused and, and, you know, almost I, I had times I was saying to myself, I, I can't meet with the guys again. Like we, like we can't have another meeting. I gotta, I gotta leave it alone, you know, like that type of thing. And I wouldn't make them, you know, tw- you know, 30 minute meetings. There would be sometimes just talk to the guys for, you know, go in the locker room and we talk like, you know, five, six, seven minutes, but still you're still meeting. And I, and I don't want to become Charlie Brown, right? I want to, I want to, I want to make sure that the message is clear. And so there's, there's a very strategic aspect to, to thinking about when you meet, what do you meet about? What do you say? You know, uh, if we're doing video, the same idea, but we had to do a lot. And, and the staff was very, very good at that. Do you ever get in a place where you worry about, like you said, the way you're presenting yourself, how often you're doing it, that, Maybe it falls on deaf ears, and I don't mean this disrespectfully. I just mean, you know, I think I think people fall on deaf ears with me sometimes on the radio because they're sick of hearing me talk, right? So yeah, yeah, I think it's a good question. I, I, I spend a lot of time thinking about that. Like, I mean, I'm not um conscious of when, where, why, how, 
you know, who I, I'm very aware of that. And then there's, you know, there's also the other part of it is like, sometimes the NBA don't talk to somebody at all and let them be on their own a little bit and let them try to figure it out a little bit. Like, you know, you, you, you got to sometimes let the leash go. And, and, and sometimes you got to reel it in really hard. It just, and, and that's, I think that's the, that's the finesse. That's the, the nuances of, of, of coaching. Um, the, the player management, the psyche, that's, that's the most important aspect. Peter Vermees, Sporting Kansas City coach, joining us here as the Dynamo will take on Sporting Kansas City, their great rivals in a single elimination playoff match. What about wordsmithing? I mean, you were a commentator for a brief time period. And, you know, I think the one thing you learn as a commentator is if you can say something in two sentences, you don't say it in nine because you could lose your audience. Um, you know, do you think about that too? Do you ever say, hey, I got to make sure that I cut to the chase here and don't, you know, make this nebulous with a with a heavy volume of words yeah it's it's actually again a good question i think there's two things to that i think one is yes you got to be as succinct as possible but the other thing is i think you also i i can't do this any other way it doesn't really matter but i think you have i think i know i know you have to be dead bullseye honest you have you have to like you can't shy away from like when we were 10 games, you know, uh, losing, I was like, guys, we're the only ones that are getting us out of, getting us out of this. Like no team's coming in the playoffs and going to go, ah, we feel really bad for you guys. You know that you haven't won a game. So here we'll roll over for this game. It's not going to happen. They want to bury us. Like we're the ones that are going to have to get us, get ourselves out of this. And so I think you also have to face the stuff head on and you, but again, facing it head on and, and just sort of uh, uh, being stuck in the mud is not good. You have to you have to face it, and you have to have solutions. And I think that's what we did as a staff. Peter, we're going to close this down. We got two more quick ones here. What was the biggest turning point in this season? Was there a point where you just said, "Okay, I think it's yeah. now really off and running"? Yeah, it was it was it was it was the game against New England uh, early on in the season. We were losing two 0 at halftime, and I thought this is the first time I've seen the guys. Like they just didn't have anything in there was the first half. There was nobody in those shirts. And I was, I was like, wow, this, I've never seen this before. And I challenged the guys at halftime and they came out and we scored and we got a man thrown out like two minutes after that. Like we're, we're, Oh, this is great. And then we get a man thrown out. And next thing you know, we were better in the game and we should have won the game. We lost two one, but we were better with a man down. And we ran the game and we had the better chances. And that's when I knew that these guys, they're not giving up. They, they, they're, they're, they're here. And and that was it. That was a big moment for us. So you lost a very talented guy, your left back, Logan and Dembe. I, I found that unbelievable that he played with an ACL for 44 minutes. That was Amazing. almost shocking to me. Um, and he was playing so well for you, scored goals against St. Louis. Um with Griffin Dorsey, and, and we're not saying anything here that everybody doesn't know. Everybody knows how much Dorsey's changed the Dynamo. But Logan and Dembe out, um, it seems like you just take this in stride and you've got solutions for this and you don't seem to panic. No, we, we can't. I mean, we, we've kind of been through all these injuries anyway, right? Yeah. So a lot of different guys that can, can play over there. Will they be Logan? No, but we'll, we'll find a way. Um, and that's what we have to do, you know. It's not, it's not a time for, you know, crying or doing whatever. It's a time for, like you said, it's coming up with a solution and getting prepared. We know that, you know, as you say, Dorsey is, you know, he's end to end. He's got, you know, energy all day um, and he's done a lot for them. But at the same time, we'll have to, we'll have to find the strengths in our team based on the guys that we put out in the field. And, and hopefully that can rule the day. Peter, listen, as always, thank you very much for coming on Soccer Matters here presented by the Daspit Law Firm. We appreciate uh, all your great insight. I find these conversations fascinating, fascinating and uh, I, I think our listeners do as well. Thank you so much for coming on and congratulations again on uh, turning the season around, getting in the playoffs with a lot of challenge. Glenn, it's always a pleasure, buddy. Thank you. All right. That's Sporting Kansas City's Peter Vermees. This is Soccer Matters on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm. 
from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. All right, welcome back to Soccer Matters on ESPN 97.5. Always presented by John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. It's DaspitLaw.com. All you got to do is call 713-CALL-NOW. By the way, John and his firm, they're personal injury attorneys. They are bringing you soccer. But more importantly, you get in a car accident, boat, motorcycle, you need the best in personal injury attorneys. Clearly, the best in Houston, the best in other markets around the country. It is the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLaw.com, 713-CALL-NOW. Great friend, former U.S. international, Hall of Famer, working for Apple right now. He's Marcelo Balboa, joins us now. Marcelo, thanks for coming on as always. What's up, buddy? How are you? I'm happy. I got the news. Uh, you told me that you're going to be doing the Sporting Houston game, which made you a natural to to, to come am. on the program. Um, let's just give you a broad scope uh, question here, just off the top. This matchup, what jumps out to you? Um, wow. You know, um, I think there's a lot. There's not just one. I think you look at the form Sporting Kansas City was in, knocking off the number one seed. Um, that's a huge, huge upset. But if you look, also look at Sporting Kansas City's team, you know what kind of team they have. And now that everybody's healthy, they're a dangerous team. They're a team that has just caught fire at the right time. On the other hand, um, you look at Houston that is playing with a lot of confidence, um, enjoying soccer, getting results at the right time. And even though you won in PKs, it doesn't really matter because we know – that RSL, how well Pablo's teams are going to defend you and they're going to make life difficult for you. And what a great challenge before you take on a sporting Kansas City team who Peter Vermes will coach. And we know that defensively, Peter's teams are pretty tight. They're pretty compact. So I think it's uh, it's it's a great matchup. Unfortunately, I am very happy because the two teams that I've picked, Orlando and Houston to reach the final, are in both semifinals of the conferences. So I'm still looking good in my bet. You are looking good. He's Marcelo Balboa, former U.S. international, will be in town to call the game for Apple in Spanish. All right, so I got to take you into Hector Herrera and the influence that he's had, and you've done some Dynamo games already this year. How about some thoughts on on what Herrera has produced and and really helping revolutionize and, and, and turn things around here in Houston? You know, I, I, I think it starts, and I'll, and I'll be honest, it started with the ownership giving Ben Olsen the job. Because talking to Ben and listening to Ben, what he's learned at D.C., what worked, what didn't. And when he came in here to Houston, the one thing you have to do, Glenn, is the players got to believe and buy into what you're selling. Okay, And when you get the leader of this team, the national team captain, your captain, um, you need to let him feel like he's a part of this. He's going to help change the culture. He's going to help change what he wants on the field. And I think Ben Olsen did a great job with Hector and said, this, and this is your team. You have to lead this team. You have to do this and you have to do that. And he laid the groundwork for it to be Hector's team. And I think when you look at this team, the respect he demands on the field, the way he's playing this year, everything you would want and, and Hector you're getting this year. You know, it's funny. I was doing the game, I don't know, maybe it was two games ago, and I saw Hector really having a go at somebody, and it wasn't a rookie who was having a go at. He, it was in Salt Lake City. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I and, I'm, that. and I'm saying to myself, it, it was. it's almost like it jumped out and hit me in the face because I hadn't seen any of that you yeah. know, prior to his arrival here, and that's not yeah. a good sign when yep. people are all accepting. Yep. Um, I think Ben Olsen is a highly intelligent man and, and he knows as any coach that he has to get his superstar on the same page. No question. They've got to buy in. If they don't buy in, then the team doesn't buy in. All right. Aesthetics. You know, uh, we're talking to Marcelo Balboa. What has been so refreshing for me after a lot of years of watching some pretty mundane soccer, if we're being honest, you saw it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just an interesting team to watch, not only with Hector orchestrating it, but there's all these interesting pieces and the, the tight interplay. Now you got a little width with Griffin, Griffin Dorsey. It's a fun watch, yep. the Houston Dynamo. You know what? They're entertaining, Glenn. And, and everything, everybody, when a new coach takes over, you, you, get, you get used to hearing, we want to play offensive soccer. We want to play attractive soccer. We want to play sexy soccer. And we all do the same thing. We all roll our eyes saying, yeah, yeah, we've heard that speech before. We got it. But in this point, 
God, Ben has done a nice job of mixing good technical players with athleticism around it that can run and scratch and fight. And uh, you've got a good blend right now. It seems to be working. Knock on wood, you, you've stayed in the majority of the scene. You've stayed injury-free, which I think helps. And uh, and and it's just with Karaskia and you've – I mean, you just keep going down the list and you're like, man, this is a good team. And are they flying under the radar? I don't think so. People said that the other day. Wow, the Houston, you're not really talking about Houston or Orlando. Okay, that doesn't mean you're not fl- you're flying under the radar. That just means you're doing your job, you're going about it, and you're letting the other big teams. That, listen, everybody's talking about Seattle, LA, right? That's that's the big matchup in the in the Western Conference Final. People keep talking about that. Great, talk about them. We're going to do our job. Hopefully, we'll meet one of those teams in the final. Just like when we talk about Columbus and Orlando, they're kind of doing their own thing. They're kind of flying under the radar. People keep saying. Orlando came second in, in the Eastern Conference. They've got a very good team. They're in good form. And you know a guy like Oscar, listen, eventually he's going to break that that hitch of not reaching a final. And uh, I think with the team he has now and the way he's changed his coaching and is more stable with lineups and stuff, uh, listen, I, I think both those teams are going to be very hard to beat. Marcelo Balboa joining us. Uh... Orlando uh, over in the east will take on Columbus, and then you've got Cincinnati. And I and I think outside of Cincinnati, I think everybody's a possibility. Cincinnati put a heck of a body of work together. They got a very difficult game with Philadelphia. We'll get back to that in a minute. Let's stick on Dynamo and Sporting here. I'm taking us in the wrong direction. Um, four three three. Peter Vermees, very aggressive. Both teams like the press. Both teams can hit you in transition. Do you see this one as a very open game? Um, I've never seen an Eastern Conference semifinal be an open game. So do I expect Sporting Kansas City to press at times? Yes. Do I expect Houston being at home to step up and maybe play a a high block or a mid block? 100% I do. Um, Listen, Peter's smart. When he loses the ball away from home, he drops into that low block. He gets those 11 guys behind, and he defends, and he defends, and he hits you on the counterattack with Pulido. Pulido's done a great job in the first two games against St. Louis, playing with his back, holding the ball up, and connecting with the midfield. And now all of a sudden, Shelton's gone. All of a sudden, Russell's gone. Shallowy's gone. So they've done a great job of doing what they do. Now they've – Houston, for me, the longer it goes on, the more Houston's going to feel the pressure to get that goal, to send more numbers. And that kind of falls into sporting Kansas city's game plan. So um, I I see this being more of a tactical game, but I also see Houston putting a lot of pressure uh, on on sporting Kansas city that night, collective defending as a team, making sure you double down sometimes and help each other out, making sure the midfielders drop in and close the gap. So they can't play into a diagonal like they did against, uh, against St. Louis. There's a lot of little things. Listen, you can give up, the outside. That's not a problem. You can give the outside because you can then you can get some support, but you got to close the middle. You can't allow Sporting Kansas City to penetrate down the middle. When they do, like they did in St. Louis, and listen, three fantastic goals that Berkey couldn't do anything about, but you're also, you know, and I go back to the first goal from Kinda. I think it was the second goal. Norwinsky, instead of coming inside and forcing him outside, Norwinsky forced him inside. Kinda said, thank you. Let me go to my right foot and let me bury one in the left-hand corner. You know what I mean? You're trying to take away the strong foot and force him to his weak foot. St. Louis forced him to his strong foot and they buried it. So little, little, tiny, little, tiny details is what can make or break a game. And the little details killed St. Louis. I think... uh you've kind of laid the game out that this is transitional moments for sporting. Um, The dynamo are a very narrow team, by the way, the dynamo are an exceptional defending team. They protected their goalkeeper from the start of the season to now based on their possession game, their overall collective defending the addition of Eric Sviachenko and the emergence of Griffin Dorsey. It's not an easy team to score goals on as RSL knows. Not at all. Listen, they they do a nice job of defending as a group, almost like how St. Louis. St. Louis, when you watch St. Louis defend, it is a group effort. They know where it's space to close down. They know where to be at the right time. And, and Houston does the same thing. They do a nice job 
They do a nice job of keeping possession. They do a nice job of keeping the rhythm. But listen, Glenn, it's a playoff game. Uh, pressure gets to one player the next. He makes a mistake. We all know, listen, we're not rocket scientists. We all know that every game in Major League Soccer, transition is huge. It just depends on the transition, what part of the field. If you're, if Houston is transitioning from their final third and they win a ball and they take off, who cares? But if you pick a ball off in the midfield when Kansas City spread open and that transitional moment where the, where the, where the ball is on their side of the field, it's much harder to defend that. So we all know transition is going to be huge, but so are set pieces with the players you have and the players St. Louis or the, the team that Kansas City has a set piece, a corner kick could cost you a game. This is going to be fun. Um, I think they're going to all pick and choose moments to press and repress yeah. and double down on people. It's going to be fun. It'll lead to yep. chances. Marcelo, safe travel. We uh, look forward to seeing you. I'll see you at the stadium uh, on Saturday. How's that sound? Make that Sunday. Sunday, Sunday. the 26th. Yeah. If I'm there Saturday, I probably won't see you. But if I'm there Sunday, I will. Maybe maybe you're watching practice. You're watching (laughs) practice. That's fine. That's fine. Thanks, Marcelo, for coming on as always. Anytime, buddy. All right. That's Marcelo Balboa uh, has the call. uh, The former uh, U.S. national team center back of the Dynamo Sporting Kansas City. And that will be a single elimination playoff match. And we're all looking forward to that one. Uh, That does it tonight here for Soccer Matters on ESPN 97.5. LamontBrands.com. That's where you get the T-shirts and hats. All the proceeds to the 501C charity. Go over there. Get the orange with black lettering. Um, Perfect time to do that here in the playoffs and uh, support the fight against pediatric cancer. Producer, Guillermo Lazo Romero. uh, We thank him as well. Uh, Brian McDonald. And until next week, uh, we go back to Tuesday next week. It's Soccer Matters ESPN 97.5, presented by the Daspit Law Firm. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM.